And I just want to thank you for the privilege, Pastor, of allowing me to minister this morning. I was thinking all week, I mean, who hasn't thought about the virus all week? I'm so tired of seeing that red ball, that ball with all those red thingies on my feet. It's really just aggravating. But I was thinking about how this is really just a quiz. It's not the final exam. I was in the post office. I lost the post office key to the church, and I thought, oh, nuts. So I went down there. I thought it would be real complicated, but it really wasn't, A, expensive, and B, very complicated to get a new key. And I was talking to the post office people, and they um, they said, yeah, you know, the rapture is coming soon. And I was thinking about it, and I said, well, in my spirit, I know that the coming of the Lord is soon. Amen. It's on. Yes, it's on. Um, The coming of the Lord is soon. But how soon? And then I thought, this isn't the final exam, people. This is just a quiz. And what we're learning in this time of the coronavirus is we're learning where our character is. Because if you're freaking out and fearful and you're snapping it, the, the shelter in place, you're snapping at whoever you're living with, and you've got all kinds of bad attitudes and everything else, then see, that's a quiz that you know you're not going to pass the final exam. So this is a time that in God's grace and through his mercy and through this hard time, he's, he's helping us to see where we are personally with our character. So Jesus is coming, and, you know, it was like yesterday we were setting up for this, and we were trying to get it. And if you know anything about Facebook Live, you have to turn it on. Um, when you set the thing up, it's got a blue, big blue button. We were moving things around. Well, Clarence accidentally touched the big blue button, and he was he had set it down, and we had taped live for a while. Pat Mullen had seen it, so she was excited. She thought we were going to do something, and... Then I discovered, I said, oh, honey, you've got this on. And we shut it off real quick because sometimes sometimes you just don't need to know what the pastor's wife is saying to the pastor. So, you know, so I'm learning a lot about my character the last couple of weeks. And I'm sure that if you were all here, you, you would amen to that. Aren't you learning something about your character? Aren't you learning about where your fear level and where your anxiety level is. Aren't you learning about something about how to do without toilet paper and use other things? Rejoicing in all trials. Amen. We can do it. And here's the quiz. It's like the dentist saying, I hate the dentist, and I don't know how many people who really love the dentist. We had a great dentist in Pittsfield. But it's like the dentist saying, we've got to do a root canal, but I'm going to numb it a little bit so it won't hurt. So this is where we're right now. Jesus is telling us what's up ahead, just like the dentist when you sit in the chair and the dentist says, okay, this is going to hurt for a second. So Jesus is kind of giving us a heads up on what's coming. And if you have your Bibles, will you turn to Luke 21 with me, please? So this is a quiz for us to see that, you know, you don't have to fear the end times. You don't have to fear what we're going through. God is going to keep us through all things. Amen? 
He's not going to leave us in a lurch. But the disciples, and you can also find this in Matthew 24, but we're going to read out of Luke 21, 8, which if I get there. So now it's hard because I can't lick my fingers. And the pages are sticking. There we go. All right. We're going to start with Luke 21, verse 8. And he said, Take heed that you be not deceived, for many things, many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. But you shall hear of wars and commotions. Be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass. But the end is not yet by and by. Then he said unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines, and pestilence, and fearful sights, and great signs shall be there from heaven. So he's saying that's not the end yet. That's not the end yet. In the Amplified Bible, Luke 21:11 says, There will be mighty and violent earthquakes, and in various places, famines, and pestilences, plagues, malignant, contagious, or infection, epidemic diseases. Well, we know that's true which are deadly and devastating, and there will be signs of terror and great signs from heaven. So Jesus is giving us a heads up in the time we're living. We've said it's the end of days. Now we can see the signs and maybe more clearer after this virus overtook our, our world and is creating such havoc. But it's not the time of the second coming yet because he said these are the things he said but not yet. But the end is not by and by. It's not yet. Because there's something very important that has to happen first. Okay? And it's something that isn't shouting material. It's not something that's going to make you happy. Because he's saying, before all these things, look. And let's go on and read in verse 12. But before all these, they shall lay hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you for open ears. Father, that our eyes would be open, that we would not fear this time. But Father God, that we would look eagerly for your return and know that whatever we face in this hour, that you are with us. Amen. I'm going to read that again. But before all these, and we just read the signs of the earthquakes and the pestilence and the viruses and all these things where the earth is just in total calamity. He said, but before all these things, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you. Delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. We haven't had a persecution in this country, but right here, Jesus is spelling it out. There is going to be persecution of Christians before the coming of the Lord. So this is how you know that the coming of the Lord isn't going to happen this week. I can safely say that, that it's not going to happen this week. God, and I think some Christians have that mentality of we're all going to escape everything. 
because there's going to be a rapture before hard things come. Well, that's contrary to what the word of God says, and we read it, that there's going to be persecution before those things come. We need to be ready. It's maybe not a shouting message right now, but you're going to shout by the end of it. I guarantee you, I don't like to be doom and gloom, but I want you to be prepared. We have a responsibility as ministers to prepare people for what's going on. It's not the gospel that God is going to pour out all of his wealth and that's how we're going to get the, the job done. And, you know, the Christians are going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise no matter what happens in the world. No, I just read to you something contrary to a false gospel. The true gospel says you're going to be persecuted. And it says, but it shall turn to you for a testimony. Amen. It shall turn to you for a testimony. So don't fear. I can't emphasize it enough. You can see the rumblings already. You can see, we can look at the New York Times opinion piece. Christians are responsible for the coronavirus. Now, the, the New York Times is sometimes irresponsible in their reporting, but that was a, to me, it was one of the most irresponsible things that I've ever seen, even though it was an opinion piece and it was that writer's opinion. Business Insider, a 20-year-old man gets coronavirus and blames Trump because he didn't think Trump took it serious enough in the beginning. So you can see these things happening and you can see it where Christians are being blamed for things already. And it's just crazy. But he says in verse 13, and it shall turn to you for a testimony. They're going to persecute you. They're going to shut down churches. What are you going to do the next time? It may not be a coronavirus, but it may be an electronic virus. And we can't even do Facebook Live because none of our electronics are working. Okay, now you're all in a panic and saying, well, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do if that happens? I don't like it. I don't like pain. I don't. I like to be comfortable. Okay, so it's preaching to me, too. I don't want to think about what if we don't have electronics, but we have to consider it because there are these electronic devices that can come out. It's a, it's a magnet that can simply knock out all of our electronic things. So what if the next crisis we can't even have Facebook Live? We don't know what's coming up. But he says be ready because you're going to be persecuted. So it's not like it's going to take us by surprise. God doesn't want this to take us by surprise. Do you know when it takes somebody by surprise, you know what happens? Well, it's easy to see what happens. Go to If you had been to Kroger about a week and a half ago, you could see what happens when it takes people by surprise. There was total panic and hoarding of toilet paper. Total panic. Why? Because they were taken by surprise. God doesn't want us to be taken by surprise when the persecution starts. Because if you're not taken by surprise, then you've been prepared for it. You're not going to panic about it. You're not going to have anxiety over it. So this is the quiz. The quiz is now to get your anxiety over with, to face your fears now while it's still ready and possible to face your fears. Amen? Everything's this too shall pass, as Pastor has, has ministered on. But we're, things aren't going to be the same after this. You know, they're constructing plexiglass barriers in a lot of the stores so the customer won't 
have contact with the cashier. Do you think they're going to spend all that money and then they're going to take those barriers down? Our life is going to be different after this. But things are going to pass. This, this virus is going to pass. We won't, even have, we won't have to live in our houses forever with our cat and our husband and our grandchildren or whoever else we have in the house. It's going to, that part's going to pass. But it's going to be a new normal. It's not going to be the way it was. But we can be ready for when the persecution starts. When the persecution comes, we don't have to be freaking out and panicked by like they did with this. We don't have to live like the Gentiles do. If you start to get panicked, I have a tip for you. Shut the news off. Get off of Facebook. Put a praise on. Read your Bible. It's nice up here in Texas. I can't vouch for other parts of the the country, but it's nice. Go out and take a walk. There's things you can do, and we're going to cover that too. Things you can do, well, we might as well just do that now since that's where we are. Advice for things to do in the coronavirus lockdown. (laughs) I guess you could call it that, right? Keep a light hold of the things of this life. Keep a, a light hold. So if you have to let them go, like your extra roll of toilet paper, you have a light hold on it and you're not afraid to let it go. Amen. Develop the fruits of the Spirit. This is where the quiz is. How, how much fruits of the Spirit? I've had my moments where I'm pretty snappy. Okay, when my husband asks me a technical question and I try to explain and it's just like hitting a brick wall sometimes. Because then he'll ask me again and it's like I just told you what that answer is. And, and my brain is trying to scramble and make it easier to explain why you have to do it like that. So I have to work more on my patience level. And, yeah, you can't see it from where you're sitting, but from where I'm standing, I see my husband's going, <laughs> you sure do. So develop. This is now a time to see what fruits of the Spirit you're lacking. See, the quiz is what are you lacking? Because if you didn't pass the quiz, then you're not going to pass the final exam. Amen? Um, have an active concern for others. And wherever you can, be a blessing. Even if you're by yourself, don't wait for other people to call you. Phone works two ways. Call other people and find out how they're doing. If you can write a letter, write a letter and send it in the mail to somebody. There's things you can do. You could smile. You can go out. We just visited some of our members yesterday, long distance. We visited Ramona and Brady. We called them and... They came out and we drove by and we waved and talked for about 30 seconds and we went over to Pat's house and caught her off guard and she came out and we waved and just chatted for a few seconds. You can do that and not break the rules of the virus. Now, we don't make light of the virus. This virus is highly contagious and I would feel very, very bad if I gave it to somebody else. So have an active concern for others. Ask God what you can do. You know, sometimes we just we put up a block because we decide that we can't do something. So we just put up a block on what we can do. Do something you've wanted to do or you've needed to do and you've been putting off until you get the time. And that's kind of a sticky one. 
Because sometimes we say we don't have time to do something just because we don't want to do it. Okay. Now we've got all this. We've got oodles of time. And we had to go down to Home Depot for something yesterday. One of the few stores that are actually open. And um, we saw all those husbands with their honeydew lists. So everybody's going to have really spiffy houses and nice gardens and stuff after this is all over with, at least in North Texas. You know, read a book. Go online learning. Hillsdale.edu has a lot of good courses, and they're free, so you can take a course in this time. I was listening to WBAP on Friday, and they had Mark Cuban from the Dallas Mavericks on, and he was saying, you know, if you have a small business, Use this time, read up on your competitors, read up on new ways. Start positioning yourself for when this, when this is over with and you can get back full speed. So don't waste this time. Find out from God, God, what do you want me to do? Even if you're all by yourself in the house, and then you'll see how fast the time goes. Amen? Amen. Well, that was good. That was good. So we don't want to, we're, we're not going to escape from persecution. We're not going to escape from this time. But while we're in this time, we're going to make good use to this time. And we can't whine and say, well, why is this happening to me? And I know that we all have that tendency, especially when things get tight. And the mercy of God in this virus is the entertainment industry is shut down. The sports are shut down. All the things that people use as gods and idols are shut down. So people have more opportunity to think about themselves and think about their lives. People can't go running to and fro and they're so busy and they're picking up their kids. Now their kids are with them 24-7. So you get to reevaluate things. This is a period in our nation, as bad as it is, it's a time of reevaluating our priorities and our families. Now, this might be one of the few times that families actually sit down to dinner in modern history, sit down together. So we can't whine. We can't be selfish and self-centered, but we have to read things. Like, let's go to the book of Acts in chapter 16. And we've read this story. We've probably heard this story many times and say, well, I've heard this story many times. And I'm just going to zone out. But now, it maybe has a little more meaning to it. And this is hard without, because I want to practice good hygiene. I don't want to lick my fingers. But we're in chapter 16. Paul and Silas were in jail. And they were in jail. They were in jail. You might as well say that they were persecuted. Can can we all agree on that, that Paul and Silas were persecuted? Okay, it was unjust. They cast the devil out of a slave woman. And the towns, the people who got their income from that, they didn't like that. So they threw them in jail. There's so many parallels. You can look at it. You can just read this story with fresh eyes. You'll see. And at midnight, we're in verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Okay, they prayed and they praised and they sang at midnight. 
What are we doing during this vi- this virus? We're kind of lo- we're we're in lockdown or locked in or I don't know what your region is, but I would have to venture a guess that we're all in the same boat. Nobody's out partying and being in groups of more than two people or ten people or whatever the the thing is. But we're all staying away from one another, so we're isolated. At midnight, Paul and Silas they were isolated. So what did they do? They prayed and they praised. And what happened? The prisoners heard them. Who's the real prisoners in this planet? Who is the lost? The lost are the real prisoners. So they're going to hear us when we're in lockdown. We're praying and we're praising the Lord, just like Paul and Silas. And the keeper of the prisoner. Oops, I I forgot the big verse here. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Now, if you look at it, our time, prayer and praise does what? It shakes, it looses the bands of the prisoners. Amen. And the keeper of the prison awoke out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, He threw out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. So the doors were open of the prison. What opened the doors? Prayer and praise. What's going to open the door during this crisis? Prayer and praise. Don't be whining about why is this happening. Don't be scared. Don't worry. God has got it under control. He didn't wake up. And say, oh my goodness, do you see what's happening on the planet Earth? God knew a year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that this day would be here. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? This is the time that we're in. With our witness, our character, our attitude will cause people to say, Sir, ma'am, what must I do to be saved? Amen. God's heart is for the saved. He says that you'll turn this for a testimony. The persecution of Paul and Silas was so that the whole city of Philippi had a revival because of the persecution. We lay down our lives so that the city of Aubrey, that North Texas, that New Hampshire and Connecticut and all these places in Ohio, they have a testimony and they can be saved. That's how revival starts. God's heart hurts. When people choose hell over heaven. And he wants us to be here. But he's telling us there, don't worry. Don't worry about yourself. And I want to go back to Luke. It says in Luke 14, it says, Settle it therefore in your hearts, not to meditate before what you shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. Amen. And you shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinfolks and friends. And some of you 
shall they even cause to be put to death, and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But, okay, he's telling us some very important information. So when it happens, you're not in a panic. You're not out panic buying like they did during the coronavirus. He says, but there shall not a hair of your head perish. In your patience, possess ye your souls. Possess ye your souls. God loves you. God is telling you that something very important. He's not willing. He's not willing for one to perish. And we're going to read that if you go to Second Peter 3, 8 through 13. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. So, yes, is the return of Jesus imminent? Yes, it is. Is it likely soon? Yes, it is. But it's not likely like tomorrow. Not likely. I mean, all right, if he comes tomorrow, then I was wrong. (laughs) Be ready. Be ready today anyways. But the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. That's one of the most important things in this Bible. God is not willing for anybody to perish. He's not willing for Nancy Pelosi to perish or Adam Schiff or Chuck Schumer, Donald Trump, anybody to perish. He's not willing for your family members to perish, even though sometimes they act bad. And that's the love of God. And it says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also shall be also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought we to be in all holy conversation and godliness. This is all going to be burned up. So my first thing was hold lightly to the things of this earth. It's all going to burn up. Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on earth shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for the new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. We want to stay in peace. Stay in peace. Stay in peace. It's going to be difficult as the time, even after this, when this virus is over, we can't let down our guard. We have to remember that this was the quiz. And if there was a quiz, there's going to be more tests coming up. And the final exam is what I would call the rapture of the church. But we're not to the final exam yet. We're only in the quiz. We just took a quiz in that. What's going to happen? God says that our, our, our families are going to turn against us. There's going to be people that are going to hate us. People that... I mean, you can see it now. People that we used to be friends with aren't friends with you anymore, but primarily because of your Christian witness or maybe you voted for Donald Trump. We saw a lot of that happening in 2016 where family members couldn't talk to family members. But he's here to warn us that this is going to happen and to bring comfort so we're not, like, thrown off. 
The whole thing, why does God warn us ahead of time? It's so we don't panic. It's so we don't start grieving. You can make your grief an idol. And I've had both kids, both of my kids at one point. My son doesn't talk to me anymore, but at a couple of points, my daughter refused to talk to me, and it hurt my heart. And I, but it was, it didn't overtake my life. I couldn't make it an idol. I had to put it in a part of my life where was I upset about it? Yeah, I was very upset about it, but I couldn't make it the reason why I was living. I had to go on. I had to go do things, and that's the we have to take the comfort that God loves our children. God loves our family members. God loves the sinner more than what we do. And if your children stop talking to you, God forbid, I hope that never happens to any of you. Uh, If your brother or your sister or whoever, but it says it here in the word that they're going to hate you. Not that I'm looking for that, okay, but it's going to happen. The devil, or the devil's going to use these things. If you think about a war, if you've if you've been in the service, you understand that the enemy's got a gun and he's got bullets. Well, he's going to use your family member as bullets to wound you. So what you have to do is dress the wound as quickly as possible. Don't let it fester. Dress it as quickly as possible. Then get up and say, "Okay, God, He will give you an anointing. He will give you the grace to get through." whatever you're called to get through in the last days. And you don't know, you don't know if that very thing, if you handle it gracefully, that very thing could bring them back to the Lord. Amen? So it's not always bad news, but it's bad news that God tells us, don't worry about it. Okay, um, can we turn to Hebrews I'm sorry, we're not high-tech here, but I think that's all right. Hebrews 10:35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great rep- recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Do the will of God and receive the promise. For yet a little while... And he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. We're here to be a witness for other people. We're here to love other people. We're here to tell them about the goodness of God and our lives should demonstrate the goodness of God to a lost and dying world. Wherever we go, make an impression wherever you go. I mean, it's the world is so full of people that are looking for the witness of God. And we need to be we need to be that witness. We need to be that people. I've just got one more scripture. Somebody says, well, why can't you be that short when there's people in here? Well, we go through different things while we're here. I mean, we have special songs and we drag things out a little bit. It's also harder when you're sitting in the living room. And and listen, when this is over, don't just sit in your living room anymore. Come back to church. 
Amen. And if you don't have a church, then pray to the Lord to find a home church. I want to encourage you to find where you belong in the body of Christ. And I know people have been hurt in churches. I've been hurt in churches. If you go to any church, you're going to be hurt in churches. And I just encourage you to ask God to find a good Bible-believing church that's going to help strengthen you and pray with you and drive up in front of your your house during during a virus lock-in and wave at you and ask you if you need anything. You need a church, and the church needs you. Do you know how many churches are having like a drive-through drive-through prayer? They're having where they're making up little packets for Sunday school for their children. How much more can we do with more hands available to work for Jesus? Come be a part of the local church. It's not that the church needs you. You need the church. Amen. Amen. Because you can do so much. In in a local body, I, I love our church. I love our members. They're just so faithful, and they're grounded, and they're easy to preach to. Even now, even now, when the church is totally empty except for myself and my husband, I can look in the rows and I can see there's Doris and LH and Sherry's up in the sound booth, and I can see Harold and Wanda over here and Chalk and Louise. I can see and Miss Barbara. I, I can see people and Brady and Ramona. I see where you're all where you all used to sit. The local church is very, very important, and it's important for you to find a church. And if you need prayer for anything, we're still not, we're still doing this. I've got one more scripture that's, we're going to leave on an encouraging note, but I I just want to encourage you, if you're watching and you don't have a church and you need prayer, our phone number is 940-365-9360. Call us. We'll pray with you. Send us a private message. We'll, we'll pray with you. We'll get back to you. Let, uh, let us pray and be a blessing with you. Amen. But I want to encourage you. This is in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 9. It says, Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and be of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Now, you know, if you know anything about me, you know I love Jimmy Swaggart's Expository Bible. And I read that scripture in there, and I just want to read it to you. I want to break it down to you, because I thought that this was good, and I wanted to share it with you. So this is what Jimmy Swaggart said in his commentary on this. Okay, first part, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. And he said, go forward. Don't be discouraged. Be not afraid. And the commentary says, Satan will blow and bluster, but there is nothing he can do, providing we will continue to trust the Lord and continue to go forward. Neither be thou dismayed. Okay, there will be hindrances, but don't let them deter you or even slow you down. For the Lord your God is with you, whether wheresoever you go. And if the Lord be with us, 
and he most definitely will be if we adhere strictly to the word, Satan is defeated, and prosperity of every stripe is guaranteed. Amen? Go forward today. May use this time good, because time is precious. Time, we're, we're so fragile on this planet. All of our lives are, we're just so, we're tethered here so fragilely. Make good use of the time. Serve God to your fullest. And someday the final exam, and we will see Jesus come again. Amen. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. I'm going to hand it back to Pastor Clarence. Amen. What a great word from the Lord to encourage people. Amen. You know, we're living in a time when there are, there are people that's on fire for God. And then there's those that have uh, kind of got lukewarm in their hearts towards the things of God. And then there's those that's just got totally cold towards the Lord. And, and that's what you call backsliding and getting in a backslidden condition. And oh, I'll tell you what, God's calling us home. And I just want to, we want to close with this song. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portal. He's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Listen to the beckoning call of the Lord. Come home, come home, ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, O oh sinners, come home. Why should we tarry when Jesus is pleading, pleading? For you and for me. Why should we linger and heed not His mercies? Mercies for you and for me. Listen to the voice of the Lord. Come home. Come home, ye who are weary, come home, earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for sinners, come home. Oh, for the wonderful love He has promised, promised for you and for me.
Though we have sinned, He has mercy and pardon, pardon for you and for me. Listen to the voice of the Lord. Come home, come home, ye who are weary, come home, earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling. Oh, sinners, come home. And if you're there this after, this morning and or afternoon, wherever you might be, maybe you've just gotten lukewarm in your spirit or in your soul and you want to come to the Lord, I want you to just do that, would you? And just pray, say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Thank you for your blood that cleanses me and makes me whole and makes me white and new again. Lord, just thank you for receiving me back into the family so that I can worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Lord, for touching these today. Thank you, Lord, for doing it in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just give you glory and we praise you in the name of Jesus. And as we leave this morning... Come back tonight at 6 o'clock and come back and be with us again. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. Well, I am blessed. I am blessed. Every day that I live, I am blessed. When I wake up in the morning or lay my head to rest, I am blessed. I am blessed, well, we are blessed, we are blessed, every day that we live, we are blessed, when we wake up in the morning, or lay my head to rest, we are blessed. We are blessed. You're blessed of the Lord. Be blessed today. God bless you. We'll see you again tonight.